Hi, Psychic listeners. Did you know that a psychic story is turning five this June? That's right, five years and nearly 200 episodes of sharing real stories by real people who lead supernatural lives and mystifying mysticism together. To celebrate, I plan to do a special five-year anniversary episode, and it will be for and to celebrate you, the incredible listeners of the show who have been on this journey with me and the podcast guests every step of the way. As I reflect on the last five years, I'd love to hear from you. What have been your top aha moments of listening to a psychic story? Is there anything you've learned that's changed your perspective, shifted your understanding, or just amazed you? I'm inviting you to be a part of this special episode by sharing your thoughts and reflections with the rest of the world. You can leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. That's 1-800-880-1881. Or you can record a voice memo and email it to contact at a psychicstory.com to share your favorite moments and insights. Please be sure to send your stuff in soon so it's included for the special June episode. You are a psychic story, and I can't wait to hear what you share. Let's make the five-year anniversary celebration one to remember. Thank you for being a part of this journey. It's truly a blessing to be in your lives. Here's to many more years of stories and possibilities. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Halloween, I had the privilege of speaking with Heather Nicewander of the Roswell Ghost Tours based in Georgia. We discussed many things, including what a residual haunting versus an intelligent haunting is, what the new theory is on cold spots, and what limestone and granite have to do with trapped energy. It is a special episode because we also listen to four EVPs, also known as electronic voice phenomenon captured on ghost tours. Before you buckle up, however, and hear from our ghosts, I wanted to give you some history on Atlanta itself. In today's modern city sprawl, it's easy to forget that the Atlanta area in Georgia was once Cherokee country. In particular, northwest Georgia's red clay hillsides, riverbanks, and grassy meadows were once home to Cherokee and Creek Indian villages and ceremonial sites. Other famous Native American tribes who played a part in the history of the state range from the Appalachian, Choctaw, Oconee, Shawnee, and many more. And because of its location and commercial importance, Atlanta, Georgia was used as a center for military operations and as a supply route by the Confederate Army during the American Civil War. As a result, it also became a target for the Union Army. General Sherman and his troops captured the city in 1864, burning most of it down. This is some important context for you to have before listening to this next episode. Now on with the show, and happy Halloween! Hi, everyone. Um, You are in for a special treat for this episode of A Psychic Story. We are going to be speaking with Heather Nyswander. She is with the Roswell Ghost Tour, and she has spent the last few years looking at and investigating paranormal activity 
around Georgia and in other areas. And I'm super excited to hear from her and get her perspective on what goes into ghost hunting and ghost tours. And we will have a special treat in listening to some of the EVPs that her and the team have been able to capture. So thank you very much for joining us, Heather. Thanks. Happy to be here. Great. And I thought we could start out first before we jump into some of the findings that you and the team have found, but really just to say, well, how do you get involved in this and and what goes into it and and makes you think one day when you wake up, hey, I want to get involved and and go ghost hunting? (laughs) So I got involved with the Roswell Ghost Tour about four years ago or so. Um, And that's been something that you know, I just kind of grew up loving my dad and I, our thing on Saturdays was to wake up and watch the marathon of ghost hunters. So <laughs> it's kind of just been an interest in my life. Um, and after my undergrad years, I had a lot of stuff happen, paranormal stuff happen in those years. And so it just kind of drew me in. So when I graduated and came back home, I went on a tour. And a few months later, a friend of mine was like, oh, well, they're hiring. So I just sent an email to um, our owner at that point, Diana, and she was like, yeah, by all means, send us a, a bio and we'll go on ahead and get you trained. And so that's kind of how I got into it. It was kind of a, a spur of the moment kind of thing, but it is a lot of fun. <laughs> I love doing it. Yeah, that sounds great. That just sounds very interesting to me. And when you say that you were interested to just get involved as a whole, like, is there something that just drew you in more uh, other than watching like the TV shows? Because I think there are some people that find the TV shows interesting, but then to actually go above and beyond and, and get involved. It seems like when you mentioned that there were some paranormal things that happened, do you mind sharing like an example of what had happened that made you want to look into it a little bit more and maybe get involved more proactively? Sure. Um, it's one of those things where because it's frightening for most people, I had something happen where it's like it just doesn't bother me too much anymore. The only thing that scared me was I think it was back probably about seven years ago. I went to sleep one night and then woke up at four in the morning and something sat on me. <laughs> So that's kind of the last time that something scared me. Um, I realized that wasn't sleep paralysis at the time because I was able to roll over before it happened. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the last time it really spooked me. But since then, I actually was fortunate enough to have two friends while I was in school that were, I guess you could classify them as psychic medium. And they were sensitive to the kind of stuff. And so when I started experiencing stuff, they were confirming it. And so um, the three of us actually had been invited by another friend saying, hey, something weird has been going down at my my boyfriend's house. And so we were invited out there. We experienced some stuff. And we're like, yeah, there's definitely something going on here. So I think it's being able to help people is always something I, I always just leave the door open. If you ever need any help with something that you think could be spiritual going on, then I'm more than happy to, you know, come out and help out. And I do think that what you said is exactly spot on is that a lot of people find it scary, especially when it's things that whether it's spiritual or paranormal or mystical, however you want to define it, a lot of of people don't know necessarily how to communicate, explain it or where to go for help. And what I've found in, you know, my experiences and just talking to others on the show is a lot of times there is an explanation that's, you know, 90% of it isn't necessarily necessarily scary per se. It's just the other side wanting to communicate and or make us aware and kind of help us just process the the next chapter in our lives. So I think that what you guys do is really great and knowing that people have a resource that they can turn to if if they need it. I think it's a part of life that 
you know, we just don't know what comes next. And so it does freak people out because it's the unknown. <laughs> so if, you know, you get a, a conversation from somebody who is supposedly dead, that freaks people out because it's like what we know seems so finite, but it might not be. Exactly. And from watching shows myself, of course, those <laughs> it does not make me an expert, but in talking to some other people and just reading books on it and everything, as I understand it, there's different types of energy when someone or when groups are looking into and investigating the paranormal and or what mm-hmm. we call haunting. Some of it's residual energy. Some of it actually can be quote unquote ghosts or spirits and so forth. Do you mind sharing just a little bit about what goes into or what the different types of energy are when you guys are going and investigating places? So on the tour, one of the, the things that we talk about is you can have a residual haunt and you can have an intelligent haunt. And the residual is basically just leftover energy that's kind of and it plays over and over again like a broken record. So that's something that if you ever experience something that happens and, you know, you get multiple stories of the exact same thing, like there's a location in Roswell where people will come inside ready to take a tour of the house and they'll talk about this one, like this great reenactment of a woman doing gardening in the garden. And, you know, when they first opened the house to tours, they were like, we don't do reenactments here. We don't know what you're talking about. And so that's kind of residual. They would see this woman in the garden doing her gardening. And that's something that never really deviates from what it does. But the intelligent haunts are the ones that interact with you. They're the ones that want to communicate. Um, and those are the ones you get when you have like an EVP conversation or um, a psychic medium goes in and starts, you know, having a conversation with somebody that's in there. But we also talk about there are four different kinds of ways that you can experience a haunting. So the first, of course, Hollywood would have you believe is the most common way of experiencing a haunting, which is clairvoyant and that's seeing a full-bodied apparition. Ghost hunters call that a gold mine because that's actually the rarest form of experiencing a haunting. Mm-hmm. If you ever see a full-bodied apparition, consider yourself lucky. <laughs> it's a very rare thing to see. It takes them a lot of energy to manifest that way. Another way that they can manifest is clairaudience, which is hearing a haunting. So those are the disembodied voices, the EVPs, uh, footsteps, knocks, things like that. There's clairsentience, which is feeling a haunting. I know for a while, the paranormal community uh, believed that when you felt cold spots, you were standing where an entity was, but they're actually believing now that that's an entity drawing heat energy out of the air to try to manifest. So they actually think what you're feeling is a pocket of where they're trying to draw energy from to show themselves. So that's feeling a haunting. We have what some people have experienced on the tour up in the cemetery in particular is they'll feel a child hold their hand and when they look down, there's nobody there. So that was a pretty typical one that's happened on our tours. But the last one is clarinations, which is smelling a haunting. And that's when, you know, you've heard people say that they've smelled their grandmother's favorite perfume years after she's passed. Um, I know in my house, we smelled my grandmother's cigarette smoke for years after she passed and nobody in our family smoked. So it's kind of a way that they, the, the ways that they manifest and the ways they use energy to manifest kind of is their way of letting us know, you know, what's going on and that they're there. Yeah. And that's a very good way of putting it because I've had, I, I obviously don't go on ghost um, hunts myself or do investigations, but I have been in situations where I feel I don't necessarily see anything. So I guess I would uh, not consider myself lucky. And when you say uh, that there are like the first one, when you were talking about um, it's residual, right? Is that because right. that is something where there were there was like a lot of emotion or there was something traumatic that happened and it's an imprint because that um, space and whether it's um, physical space or just in general, it's holding on to that energy and it's a repeat, like a pattern on a record that just kind of keeps playing? Right. 
And that's what I would think. Um, I think the only thing that kind of stands out to me is sometimes it seems to be like the mundane things that you're you're hearing or seeing, like um, like you see a ghost walk through a wall, but you find out that back when the house was first built, that there was a doorway there. Mm-hmm. And so you're just kind of seeing like the generic things happening. But I'm, I'm my personal, I think, idea of it is that the place had a personal meaning to somebody and the energy that was manifested there has caused images to kind of just stick. I know because one of the things that we talk about, at least in Roswell, is that the reason we think it's so haunted is that we're built on large deposits of limestone and granite. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, those materials hold on to paranormal energy very, very well. So I think it also has to deal with, you know, the location and, you know, what what happens to just be in the area naturally. And it can hold on to that energy. And in Roswell, too, I mean, especially around Atlanta with the Civil War and everything else that happened, there were just a lot of experiences and situations that probably, you know, manifested and then is holding on, whether it's through the limestone or whatever else to keep that energy um, a little bit more stagnant or in place. Mm -hmm. And we do also talk about like, you have to have a lot of leftover emotional energy. I mean, people have been living in Roswell for a couple thousand years, like the Native Americans here were obviously here before we were. Um, and so people have been living in this area for a long, long time. But um, we also, during the Civil War, while Sherman never burned Roswell to the ground, he did take all 400 women and children, and he was going to have them shipped up north where he could try them with treason for helping out the Confederate um, war effort. And so that was kind of a, I mean, we even have a monument dedicated to that because uh, we don't know what happened to all 400 of them. So we know that a lot of lives were and families were torn apart at that time. Um, and we do think that that has helped lead to the manifestations that we see of hauntings in Roswell. Wow. I had no idea about that part of history. There's like so much about Atlanta having lived here for 20 years that mm-hmm. I hear about things, uh, especially with the Indians, Peachtree Road, all the trails, so forth. And I had no idea about Roswell and, and that particular situation. But well, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, and I'd, I'd love to do a tour at some point. I've always wanted to kind of check it out. I've kind of gone on a few just you know, more of the laid back ones, different travels like New Orleans and other things like that. But I feel like those are a little bit more dedicated to um, the voodoo area versus (laughs) like the historical aspects of of other things that happen. Well, I was thinking now would be a really good time in, you know, honor of Halloween to talk about some of the EVPs that you guys were able to capture. But what I'd like to do first is maybe play the clips and then see if anyone can hear anything and then get an explanation from you and replay it and see if then people can hear it again and and kind of go from there. Okay, great. So I'm just going to play a little bit of an intro first. All right. So the first one here, we'll play it one more time. Okay, so I definitely could hear that one the very first time I heard it without even knowing a lot. So if you could give a little bit of background of what what happened and leading up to it. So my understanding of when they um, captured this, this was inside a building that was a restaurant. Um, but before it was a restaurant, it was the general store basically of the town um, back in the 1850s was when it was built. And um, from what I understand, when Diana captured this, she... Um, 
what they were doing was they leave a recording device in the building for a while and then they so they can kind of hear the sounds of the building settling and things like that and um from my understanding they had left the recording device in there for that time and that was when this evp was captured so there was nobody in the building i was also trained that when you do an investigation you never whisper you only talk to each other like we're talking right now. In fact, when we're doing the investigation tours, like we'll tell people, you know, if they kick the gravel, we'll tag it basically by saying that was just somebody kicking the gravel so that when we go back and listen, we know that's as pure as the recording is, um, as pure as it can possibly be. So the fact that this was captured when nobody was in the building and that it was whispered, which is not something an investigator would do, um, that's how we knew that, you know, this is something that was not a living person. <laughs> um I have talked to David, who is the owner of the ghost store now, and he used to be a general manager within that restaurant, and he is pretty sure that this is the voice of a man named Michael, um, who it's, he's actually part of Roswell's local legend that comes out of that building. Um, and so they, he does believe that that's Michael's voice because through other investigations and stuff like that, he's heard a very similar voice when they've been speaking to Michael. Um, and he was a Union soldier who fell in love with a Southern Belle. And that's kind of a bit of the legend. Um, but we do believe that that's Michael. And it's either saying God will feed them or God will save them. Um, some people going back and listening, they'll hear either one. I hear both of them every time I hear it. But it's definitely God will something. <laughs> and do you know why? And, and that's um, a romantic story. Is there a reason why it would be God will see them or God will save them? Um, I'm not entirely sure why that would have been said. My only guess would be, you know, the South being the Bible Belt that it is, I, I honestly am not sure, but I'm, I'm wondering if it has something to do with the culture back then and what they believed when it came to, you know, God and things like that. But I will be completely honest. I'm not entirely sure why he would have said it like that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll play it one more time and see if people can hear it again or if they, if they didn't hear it the first time, uh, maybe hear it now. And I hear God will see you almost. Yep. I think the first time I heard it, I was definitely hearing God will see you or God will see them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely what it, my first impression was when I first heard it, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely very, very interesting clip to, to see. And I hear or hear, I mean, and I know, too, that within Roswell, there's a lot of paranormal activity just because of the historical area. So I'd love to do some more mm -hmm. research and, and hear more about what happened in that particular area. So I was fortunate enough. I remember when the Titanic exhibit came to Atlanta and the Georgia Aquarium had a, a bunch of the exhibits up and, and showing and it was things from everything from a hairbrush to all the different quarters based on what level you were on in the Titanic. And when I was there, they were saying that any time that a Titanic exhibit would actually be in the different air, you know, different areas and different places of the country and around the world that they would tend to experience paranormal activity. And um, I know that you guys were brought in and I was lucky enough to, after the dinner, to actually be part of the investigation where they gave us all the recordings and everything. I didn't personally capture anything. I don't know if anybody else <laughs> um, with, with, you know, my team did per se, but I know that there was a lot um, captured before and after. So these two are from that. And before I play any of them, was there anything that you wanted to 
kind of share or preface before I um, played the clips? The only thing that I know about these two is that the investigation team was invited, or Joe and Diana uh, in particular, were invited to investigate this, the Titanic exhibit with uh, the ghost hunters. And so this was stuff that they ended up capturing that evening. Um, and these two were sent out to us as, as guides, and it was really, really fun to hear them because I actually did go to that Titanic exhibit and had no idea that it was haunted. <laughs> yeah. And I would say too, for me, at least when I was there and, uh, you know, I do have a little bit of intuition and, and things of that nature. To me, it just felt very melancholy, obviously because oh, yeah. of the whole tragedy that happened, but also being told by some of the Georgia Aquarium staff that they had seen um, Indians um, in the exhibit. So obviously that was not Titanic related, but that you know, mm -hmm. different people have been touched, that the temperatures would definitely go down. So there was a lot of activity and just feeling, uh, you know, walking around. To me, it was a completely different vibe than I had ever felt being in any other place, let alone at the aquarium in, in the middle of the day or even at night when there's other types of events. So we will play right. the first one and see if you guys can decipher and hear what it says. So what I heard very clearly from that was iceberg. And I think mm -hmm. what you guys were saying was that you were looking at or you were asking what had happened. And there was a response that said iceberg. Right. And so my understanding of it was they were typically asking, you know, how did you die or what happened? And this was the response that they ended up getting was a very softly whispered iceberg. Um, and that one always gives people goosebumps when you play it for them. They're just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it definitely proves some some kind of intelligence there for sure. That was, yeah, definitely gave me goosebumps when I heard that one. This next one, I don't have a ton of information on here other than I'm trying to look to see that um, it, this was also the Titanic exhibit and that a lot of the patrons and the people that had been there, the volunteers had, you know, unexplainable event, events since the exhibit came in and that during this particular investigation that there was a man's voice and he was asked, he's asking a question. And you can very clearly hear the investigator obviously prompting and asking the questions. And then very mm -hmm. faintly, there's a question being answered. So I'll play it one more time. And what I heard was, who's there? Right. And that's the exact response they got, which has always left a question for me. Like, are they just going about their lives, not realizing that we're actually here? Because <laughs> if they're asking the question, you know, is anybody here right now? And then all of a sudden you get a male voice saying, who's there? Almost like he's confused. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard some EVP clips before and I'm I'm trying to find it. I, I'll, I'd like to play it during another episode, but there's one that just gives me the chills up and down my spine where there were some investigators here in Georgia and they were 
investigating a haunted library and they left a recording in there and there were two women talking. And as they were talking at the end, they said, they think we're dead. That to me was just, it blew my mind because I think that in some cases, maybe the spirits or the other, you know, on the other side, they don't necessarily understand what's going on and that they're not among the living anymore. Right. Or they have a different understanding of what it means to be physically dead and maybe being spiritually alive. So that's, yeah, it definitely raises some questions, but it's really interesting to hear those recordings. Yeah, no, that definitely. And then we have one more. And I don't know if there is a kind of a a recap that you want to tell about this one before I play it, or if you want to just play it and then we can explain. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and play it and then I can I can explain okay. what's going on. Sounds great. All right. So listen carefully because a lot of these are a little bit lower in the volume and we'll go from there. I know it takes a lot of energy. You can take the heat from us. You can take it. Yeah, I'll play it one more time. I know it takes a lot of energy. You can take the heat from us. You can take it. Okay. So that was different. That was not with the Georgia Aquarium. This was a different location. Yeah. So this is back in the location of the first one, um, back inside that restaurant. And essentially, you hear Diana talking and she's, she understands, you know, it takes energy from them to manifest. But she's saying, take the heat energy. Um, from us and they get this response that says one more time and they said that as they were doing this they kept asking you know you drop the temperature of the room by one degree and every single time they'd ask it would happen and so this last time diana's saying you can use our heat energy if you need to to drop it one more degree and you hear the voice say one more time they said they felt that they saw the temperature drop one more degree on the digital thermometer um, so that was one interesting thing. Also, uh, David's pretty sure that's Michael again. I'll, I'll show so, you. I'll be here. I'll, I'll show you what I'm doing, but just as the last <laughs> time, one more time. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'll use that energy, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I, before we break, I thought maybe it would be good if people are in the Georgia area and they were interested in doing a ghost tour with you guys or learning more about it, where could they find more information and, you know, any tips if, if they want to kind of do some exploration themselves and so forth? Yeah. Um, so our website is roswellghosttour.com. Uh, it's all one word, all lowercase. Uh, so that's a great place to go to find, you know, our tour schedule, who's giving tours um, each particular evening. We are year round on the weekends. And then during the month of October, we're every night of the week. Um, as long as we have a minimum of six, we'll go out on a tour. And it's a two, two and a half hour walk of Roswell, just kind of learning the history, but also hearing tales of, you know, this is still happening. This is stuff that we're being, re- that are reported to us. And we have stuff happen on our tours. So that's kind of what we pride ourselves on is we're not necessarily a legend has it kind of tour. We're very much like, nope, this is happening. It's still happening. And we are here to tell you about it. So that's the tour. Um, we also have our Facebook page. We'll post a lot of special events. Like we just recently had um, Chip Coffee, who's um, a world-renowned psychic medium, who's pretty good friends with the tour. He comes out every so often, and he'll he'll do a tour. He'll do a special event after the tour, um, like a Q and A, and you'll see 
video of him investigating certain locations around Roswell. Um, so we have him. We did have an event this past weekend, but we, it unfortunately got rained out. So you might want to keep an eye out because we may be bringing them back. But we had the ghost, the ghost brothers that were going to come out with us um, and do a tour with us. But we also post um, like leash pet nights, investigation tours. And those investigation tours are what I've been trained on. And essentially what we do is we bring all the toys out and people can participate in um, basically a, a mini investigation at three of the locations. Um, and that's always been a lot of fun. We'll bring out, you know, a spirit box. We have the laser grid. We have K2 meters and EMF readers, EVP recorders. And we just have a lot of fun on those evenings. And I, I love doing those. But yeah, our Facebook page is a great place to look for special events coming up. Um, but then there's also our website if people are in town, um, if they just want to kind of check out, see what the tour is about. That's great. I'd love to check it out, a tour. And I'm familiar with the Ghost Brothers, actually, most recently with that A&E example or, or show that they did with where they brought in all the different teams. And then they did that mm -hmm. live four hour thing. That was pretty cool. That was like the first yeah. time I've actually seen where they've done the different you know, teams and then done it live and then streamed it and asked people from social media. So that was pretty cool as well. I love the the live streamed ones that they do. Those are always so much fun to watch. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much again for your time and sharing yeah, um, your experiences with us. And with that, we'll close and I will um, be in touch. And again, if anyone wants to reach you guys, roswellghosttours.com, also on Facebook, and you guys can find them anytime. And thank you again. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great one. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. <laughs>